welcome to another episode of Unsure. I'm Nai. And I'm Sim. And today we are working in collaboration with University College Birmingham to bring you our story. So October is Black History Month and being black and being women, we've got some kind of interesting stories to share with you about our experiences. Um, so Sim, tell us about, let's go from GCSEs. Let's give them the full story of, of both of our very different journeys to where we are now. Well, I suppose if you go onto our platform, you'll hear about our stories from school days. And it took us to GCSE, really, didn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. But I suppose for me, going from GCSE, I didn't go on to university, went on to A-levels. Um, but you went on to university night. And I suppose, was that always your path to go to university, do you think? I think so. And I tell you why, because I feel, you know, in the past conversations where we've told you about our school life, it was a very much a traditional education, wasn't it? And I always just assumed, I guess, whether whether or not I put that end goal for myself, I feel like that was the school's end goal for us. Do you Obviously, think the university? I think so. I think it was very... It wasn't academic. my end goal. Like, Do you feel like people... I think it's... I do you know what? I think a large part of it is... Do you think it's the element of... It's funny that you said that, that you felt primed to go to university and yeah. I didn't. I can honestly say I didn't. And I think that might have been, from what I remember, you was in the higher groups and I was in the middle groups. I remember that. I remember being in the middle groups. And you know, when you get entered for GCSE level and maths level and you can't even get a chance to get the a grade because you yeah in, is it intermediate i didn't either i yeah i went intermediate so it's true oh. what you're saying actually that i, d- I was in the high groups but clearly i wasn't good enough oh wow i know <laughs> my teacher's like you're not bringing my steps down he's intermediate <laughs> but but actually and i've always said this my maths gcc i think was the easiest thing i've ever done in my life really um, but I do because everything that was in it I really revised so I, ca- I think I came up with a B without going into too much detail yeah. but that's actually the highest I could get so perhaps I, I was limited yeah by them doing that but I'm sure it happens to a, a lot of other people as well but um, I think the reason yeah. for me saying that was to be because maybe is that a stigma of but in the higher group you had those conversations because you were primed yeah. for that whereas in my groups they probably weren't because I can go and that's so interesting because I've never I guess because I've always been in the higher groups um I've never I guess thought about not going to university because maybe in those lessons that basically you were being prepared to have a university education because if if you think about if you think about the people that were in your group knowing some of them some of them are mutual friends they were all in your groups none of them were my groups and all of those went on to university everyone i could think of was in my group Mm. they didn't go on to university and i'm not that just might be a massive coincidence learning new things yeah i know about our school life but actually that is so interesting i would love some kind of psychology on that yeah Um, so you yeah. were primed, you feel, to go to university. And is that why you felt you went? Because that was just a natural thing to yeah, do. Yeah, I can't say, I mean, I guess for me, I was in family-wise, I was first gen uni. My parents didn't go to university. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, you know, I'd seen all these people go through, me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, we both went to university. Different, completely different subjects, though. But in terms of, like, role models and that kind of thing, yeah. then, you know, I don't know if that was because we were black and... Um, you know, I think it, I think it's very different actually um, for black people 
in in society at, at that age anyway that was a good what 20 years ago now thinking about like applications and stuff yeah. and actually at that point I'd, you know for some it was absolutely the way for others it was like if you don't go to university it's really not the end of the world we made it almost that kind of mentality yeah and I don't think there's anything wrong with that by the way I think for me, I went into the um, the working life quite early. I mean, I had my first job at 15. Um, yeah. And by the age of 16, I was probably one of the few, I know in my class and stuff, that had a job. I had a steady job. Mm. Um, and I knew there was no other option. I think you get used to the money, you know. Yeah. Isn't there a culture now, maybe, where you have a little bit of a part-time job, but actually you're all steered and geared towards actually your education comes first? Whereas for me, depends who's influencing you, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. You know, you could argue that some working class families need the money. They haven't got the money to send you to uni, although you get your student loan, that kind of thing. But it's income coming into the household, isn't it? Um, So I think there's there's a big question there around kind of how much people are encouraged to go to university. You have to think, when I went to university, I believe my fees were... One thousand five hundred pounds. Oh God! Imagine a now. That's, that's a yeah, bargain. Exactly. I think that's right. A year. I'm sure that wasn't a term. I'm sure it was a year. But now, as we said in um, the conversation we had with Sammy, mm-hmm. they spent their nine thousand pounds a year minimum. So you're coming out with nearly thirty yeah. k debt. I obviously didn't have that. Um, but had that been now, of course, that's a massive decider of, you know, are you going to go into the in your work in your career? Mm-hmm. with 30 grand worth of debt versus obviously when I went it was a lot less and actually I have older cousins who didn't ever pay for uni really at that point yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And it wasn't they're not that much older than me it was yeah. just not a thing to pay tuition so in hindsight then now because obviously we're in our 30s yeah. do you think the degree has led you to where you are now or do you think you could have got there without the degree um honestly I think a lot of companies put a lot of um um weight on having a degree even though i could honestly say to you my particular degree which was in multimedia has helped me to where i am now if i had done any other degree i could have (laughs) got to the same place so i don't think it was actually the content of my degree i think it was just that mentality of well if you've gone through university they pitch you at this level this kind of candidate you know you have to think of all these um people that go to university you know to do maybe law or one of those kind of subjects and drop out because it's just not for them yeah so I feel there's a big um thing and I would say to students listening actually if you're going to go on to university education Mm -hmm. do your research and make sure it's what you want to do do. yeah because the minute you start and realize it's not for you you're going to be starting from scratch just do it for the right reasons from the get-go. Yeah. My advice. You know what I would, I think if you would have asked me in my 20s, was a university degree important to help me to get to where I wanted to go? Because even though I haven't got one, did I feel like I was missing anything? No. Now I'm in my 30s. Mm, I think I am. There's certain things that um, I've noticed that I just don't have. Little things like... Um, I'm going to ask you for examples. <laughs> just little finishing touches like reports and dissertations and all that kind of stuff um i just I wouldn't dissertation. did you not no i did this thing called negotiated study which was an essay oh but okay. do you have to think that my um degree the multimedia aspect meant actually I didn't have exams either 
So if you really want to talk about degree education, mine wasn't really a traditional kind of university course in that way. Right. It was very okay. much 100% screen based. So I put the hours in, don't get me wrong. It yeah. was long hours on the computer. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that traditional, kind of what you were just saying. Do you know what I would have, I wish I would have known, um, and I'm glad I did well at my maths and English, but you know when you're in your year 11 and you're thinking, when am I ever going to use this maths and English, you know, when am I ever going to, you know, those kids that are sitting there thinking, when am I ever going to use this, you'll be surprised how much you do use it. Do Not you? in terms of Shakespeare, <laughs> your walking round, speaking of the Shakespeare, Shakespeare talk. However, yeah. just understanding language, how to interpret it, um, yeah. maths, like the amount of times I use um, algebra and stuff in my job, which I wouldn't, I don't sit there, you know, and they're looking at symbols and stuff like that. However, <laughs> the amount of things I have to do, which you just do automatically, which I suppose it does go into algebra, but you don't think so at the time. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I would definitely say to people, don't underestimate how important maths and English is. However, it's not the end of the world. Um, but I- it isn't, but it kind of, you need maths and English for a career. I would say, yeah, forget yeah. university ed. Yeah. Like now, maths and English. Well, it's, it's not even now, it's always been maths and English. Because um, you know what trips me up the most when I'm sending emails and stuff? It's not the stuff that's in my head I want to get out. I know the strategy, I know the points I want to get across. It's about do I sound like an idiot because my grammar is not spot on? The person that's going to be receiving this email, are they going to think I'm an idiot judged from my grammar? That's the thing that stresses me out the most, if I'm genuinely honest with you, in my job. Um, and I've got a GCSE in English, but yeah. they're the stuff that stresses me out the most and actually the strategic projects that I'm working on. You see, I would just argue that you wouldn't necessarily get that from a university education. Uh, and if mm. we're talking about grammar, and I can talk strongly about it because that's what I do for yeah. bread and butter, I copyright and all, all sorts. I think if you haven't, if writing isn't a skill, mm-hmm. it's not for you. And that's yeah. the bottom line. I work with managers of varying levels and they will ask me, can you write this for me? Really? Because it's not a skill, whereas I might not be effective at, I don't know, negotiation, for example. I might ask for help elsewhere. Yeah. You know, I've asked over the years, like, what can I do more to kind of, um, you know, encourage whether it's team members or that kind of thing to get better at, at writing for example yeah. especially if you're not like a um you know you wasn't born in the uk yeah. and now they read they say get yourself yes. a copy of the financial times and just make a habit of reading yes and they say that for school in terms of my daughter's school they say please reading 10 minutes a day has a massive impact on their results at the end of this person that can read chances are they do very well in life or in later life yeah and um, I would say that because I don't read a lot. I never have been a good reader. Yeah. And I wish, if there's one wish I could have, it's not having, you know, a beautiful face or anything like that. It's yeah. a wish I could have a wider vocabulary. I, that's yeah. one thing I really wish I had. And a lot of that would come from reading. Yeah. I think it can definitely be trained. Um, Do you think? But it, I think it can be trained. But a lot of people, the, 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 the easiest thing to say is you can't write how you would talk. Does that mm, make sense? Yeah, that makes and sense. And that's the yeah. biggest thing because when I'm reading stuff, it sounds on paper like a conversation and it shouldn't sound like a yeah, like yeah. one saying. And yeah. I, think, I think it definitely can be trained. I don't have the answers, but I do think it's one of those things 
you either can or you can't unless you're willing to work on it okay well, I don't think university necessarily teaches you that unless you're going to do like journalism or literature yeah. which is different but for your yeah. standard course then yeah no, I don't talking about skills actually I think that's the one thing I would say about so you went through the university route I went through just working yeah. my way through um mm-hmm. one thing actually that I always had is when every job I had I yeah. always found a skill to take away from it and put on my CV yeah. Um, even if it's like, you know, I had a job where I was a waitress, you know, and I learned great organization skills. And if you can word that in a CV as something (laughs) major than what it is, then that's great. But ultimately, I think a lot of my managerial skills came from when I was a waitress. And I really do. I think if I hadn't done that job, I don't think I'd be a very good manager. Yeah, our friends were waitresses as well. We started off being waitresses, about six of us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, collaboration on my CV tick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, it, I think it did. So coming out of GCSEs then, so we went to, um, we both went to a mixed college. So we said in our previous uh, previous episode that uh, went to, we went to college, didn't we? We left sixth yeah, form. Yeah, we did. And um, we didn't. We didn't go to the school sixth form. We both went to the kind of inner city mixed ability colleges. <laughs> mixed uh, ability. You <laughs> make us sound special. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were um, mixed ability. <laughs> how were your? Um, what was your experience like then at college? Did you? Because you said you started A levels. So did you actually do your A levels? Did you finish? Yeah, them? I did my A levels. Uh, yep, I did my A levels. Um, Here's the thing. I mean, I picked psychology, history and dance and I loved um, history at GCSE level. I loved my teacher. I think she really brought it to life in A level. My teacher wasn't that great. So boring. And um, I didn't do as well as I wanted to. And um, so I think teachers have a massive impact of um, bringing a subject to life. Um, Okay, then. So moving from school into our workplace now. As women, how have you found that experience? Um, do you know what? I, I'll go against the grain a little bit because I don't feel I've had much um, negative experiences being a woman, actually. Okay. And I don't know if that's because I've mostly sat in teams with a lot of women in them. In fact, I think in all of my roles, men have been the minority Really? I don't know if that's because a lot of women are marketing people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the exact reasons. Um, however, I've had a number of male bosses actually, mm-hmm. and have I felt? If I had to say to you um, what stuck out, I'd probably say probably more race as opposed to being a woman. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. As a black woman, and yeah, I, think, I get that. Yeah, and to be honest with you, these are things that are probably wouldn't have known at the time mm-hmm. i think oh okay and i'll just get on with my work yeah. kind of thing. but actually now i think back you think actually without um giving too much away it would be things like people in my team getting recognition for actual work i had done yeah so not part of actually i did that task from start yeah. to finish so why are you getting recognition for it yeah that kind yeah. of thing and at the time obviously you just have to I think I shed a little tear because I was really mm-hmm. <laughs> upset I was obviously a lot younger but actually it's you know all these experiences and obviously we'll talk a little bit more but I feel like because of what's happened this year yeah it's highlighted so many things 
actually I wouldn't let that slide yeah I wouldn't let that slide if that happened in the in the current day how lucky are the generation and the generation today won't see themselves as being lucky but from a older looking in I think they are in a better position than we ever were because like what you said uh, my experience as a woman uh, it didn't impact me that much I worked in a male dominated environment and I've got stories but it, that's not the thing that impacted me the most it was because of my race and I think a lot yeah. of it was I felt that I was underestimated from the get-go so my journey compared to my white counterparts was just stressful because I just felt like I was the underdog I had to work that 10 times harder you know um I felt I was um given all the pressure to step down out of the management role whereas my counterparts were given all the support to progress further yeah and um and like you said because you're younger you just think oh well I'm not good at my job that's why they're yeah. putting all this pressure on me. Oh, it's because I don't do this, I don't do that. And actually, I think a lot of it was because you sized me up from the beginning and you feel like I don't belong Real. in that role. Yeah. 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 And that's really, really bad. Um, but yeah. what you're saying is in um, younger people today, I do think they've got the best opportunity now than, as you said, they've ever, ever had. And I feel it's important to take them on board and run yeah. with it. I think it's because as well, I think like um, the youth of today now will see the signs and know what they are. I think when we were younger, we were just, we didn't see it as racism or unconscious bias. We just saw it as really personal to us. So we used to beat ourselves up about it. Whereas now, like what you say, if someone... afraid as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. And I just think the kids of today would see unconscious bias and actually have that debate with themselves is that even unconscious bias is that just not racism whereas for us it's like we've kind of like beat ourselves up for years then we've evolved into oh it's unconscious bias whereas actually is it not just racism i feel like you know we know knowledge is power kind of thing but back in our days i said we did feel afraid like i didn't think i could challenge my superiors at any point to say actually Mm-hmm. That's a bit out of order, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it was a case of the situation happens and you just step away. You can yeah. get emotional in the corner, but oh well, pull your socks up, get it yeah. together, get back on with it. Um, so I do think they are in a really, really good place at the moment. I just hope, you know, if I could be really optimistic that, you know, these things, or shall I say the people doing these things would mm-hmm. know actually, because they're not going to be able to get away with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And this has been me being really optimistic that they would just start to fade out yeah but look at like job opportunities and that kind of thing so we have both recruited yeah um, students as well so in terms of kind I mean I'm I'm I love the fact that I'm a black woman and I can recruit because in my head I'm actually able so let's and I wouldn't you know hire someone just because they're black no actually if these people came into the process and it was just white people interviewing actually I feel good because I have a voice almost for them um because some of the black candidates aren't as smiley you know Mm -hmm. and as because I'm black myself I know it's not because I've got an attitude problem it's just because that 
in itself just a stereotype. Yeah, it is. If I'm sitting in an interview, I'm smiling at everyone because I want this job. Yeah, it is. I can guarantee you, if you speak to any person of colour in a leadership role, especially if they're black, I guarantee yeah. you the, mo- the thing they've heard the most is, oh, I was intimidated by that person. I felt intimidated. They were a bit aggressive. It's the way you put your hands up. So how can we kind of empower these younger people then to and we're not trying to scare you off guys but you know my advice would really be to you is please be yourself because the minute you try to conform or be something that you're not the cracks quickly begin to show so I would say if you present yourself at an interview whether you want to smile or you don't want to smile whatever comes naturally if they don't want to take you or they choose not to take you based off that's not the job for you yeah I agree with that fine if you had to keep up this act of being something that you're not if you did get the job you would tire out anyway it would be draining on a daily basis I've had to change and twist and move and change so much of myself to fit in Hmm. was it worth it I mean I do feel a bit battered and bruised from it all you have any regrets based on that then because if you find yourself in employment Mm-hmm. it's safe it pays the bills it's fine mm-hmm. you probably are more inclined to stay in it and mm-hmm. the minute you start having um experiences your thing is well actually is the next company going to be even worse you know yeah i would feel i'd get into that zone of thinking basically the grass isn't greener and it is so at what point do we actually think no this isn't the job for me i've pretended enough i can't be my true authentic self whether that's mm-hmm. being a woman or being black it's time for me to move on because that's the other thing, isn't it? People staying in roles because of a lack of confidence and everything else that kind of goes with job hunting. I think you're right. I think there was. A, I think a lot of it was a lack of confidence for me. Your confidence does get knocked, but it yeah. is very lonely being like one black person in a room of fifty. You know, it's very lonely. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good point you made there. I mean, I my workplace, I actually loved them. I've never yeah. really found. Um, I'm treated any differently if I'm honest Mm -hmm. however that said I am mindful that I am a minority um actually it's you cannot quantify it I feel we will have the right number of black staff or students Mm -hmm. where I feel comfortable I feel like I'm not uh, you know walking into the workplace and I feel I'm the only black person in the room or ask yeah. Nike because she's black and she'll have good <laughs> you know, answers about that. You know, it's just, I feel comfortable and that comfortable is going to mean something totally different mm-hmm. to everyone. But, you know, we've got to start somewhere. So it's not a numbers game. Unfortunately, it's about feeling like, yeah, I'm all right now. I feel good. I'm comfortable with people who, who I look like, Sim. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. who I look like. I've never worked in an office of, um, you know, a lot of black people. And, you know, you might want to sit down. And actually, we've had this at an away day where mm-hmm. I was talking amongst my black women colleagues, mm-hmm. which I didn't think anything was wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But actually, there were comments from other members of the staff community. Yeah that basically look at all the blacks standing together (gasps) I haven't had anything personally said to me I've never felt any way but that was just one example and that wasn't linked to my employers that wasn't Mm -hmm. a comment from a staff another member of staff so yeah um but actually it did start to make me feel you know look at for for you to even say that means that you you're noticing and actually if you're noticing and then you're commenting why does it bother you yeah so yeah it's, it's quite messy actually 
So Sim, so although you didn't go the kind of traditional route then of university, you did mm-hmm. do some professional training though um, throughout the years, haven't you? So yeah, like 100%. I think it's really important that regardless if you went to university or not, that yeah. you just keep yourself upskilled, especially yeah, for the generation coming forward now. Technology changes so rapid nowadays. I think it's only right that you kind of upskill yourself. Mm. I think so, because these new graduates, especially, they're going to come out with the latest at whatever given time that is. Yeah. And I think you just have to keep yourself in the competition, really. And I think well, it's as simple as that. I think when we were coming up, it was a... Um, you were just competing with people nationally, wasn't you? Even locally most of the time, if I'm honest. Whereas yeah. now, the generation today will be competing globally. You know, it's a yeah. global market, isn't it? So your skills have to be transferable. Um, yeah, and I just think, in a way, it's quite exciting, I can, imag- I can imagine, but I bet it's really competitive. So um, I would, yeah, advise everyone to just make sure you're constantly upskilling yourself. Um, don't underestimate how powerful um, IT skills are important, which is probably yeah. like talking as an older now, because I bet that's just some, that's probably second nature for <laughs> kids like nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I'm sounding old now, aren't I? <laughs> no, you're not. But I think it's really useful because I'm always surprised, actually, that I work with um, people from all ages in our mm-hmm. wider team. And one of the ladies is nearly 70 and she's a badass on the computer. <laughs> no, and I can just imagine, like, even my mum, who's a lot younger than her, she wouldn't yeah. have a clue, to be honest. Yeah. So I think that's a good point about, yeah. you know, in terms of, like, basic tr- computer training and yeah. knowing your way around, like, a PowerPoint, for example. Um, yeah, definitely do that. Oh, no, it's crazy, isn't it? It's exciting, but it, it is quite crazy. Because even I, like, if I was going to go for a new job now, all I'm going to be thinking of is what do I need do you know what I mean what do yeah. I need to do and actually this is a good point I um I had a session from a career coach mm-hmm. she basically I was just having a general conversation about kind of what I might want to do next and that kind of career you know serious grown career talk and she was saying to me the best advice I can give you is go on something like LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, and if you don't have a LinkedIn you, you should um, look to get one um, or some kind of job profile anyway Look at everything that job needs from you mm-hmm. and backtrack. And ask yourself so if, if you've got it. it. Exactly. And if you haven't got it, I mean, some if it wants a degree in psychology and you don't have one, then that's probably not the job for you then. But um, there are a number of smaller things you can do. Say, for example, I wanted to go into graphic design, let's mm-hmm. just say, and they, they're going to need, okay, you're going to need to know your way around Photoshop and yeah. Illustrator and that kind of thing. Okay, I'm going to go and do a short course online for free in X. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I just think there are small ways that you can go about upskilling without having to take a whole year out to do a training mm. course. So I think mm. always keep, just always keep connected to what's mm-hmm. going on in your chosen industry, new developments in technology, um, and just keep really close to it if, you, if you're serious and passionate about, you know, having a career in, in that space. Do you know what I think would have been massively different compared to like when we were, um, when we were growing up is um, <laughs> interviews. So I know yeah. at like, at, management level and stuff your interviews are quite intense and everything now but um 
you remember the days when you did want just a little job or a part-time job? You could just hand in your CV and have a little conversation with the manager and if they liked you, you just get on with it. Now, everything requires such a mammoth task of an interview and a job application. And that's the one thing I'd say when we're talking about the skill set in terms of maths and English and stuff, these things all come into play because you can't just apply for a job now without using yeah. IT. Can you really? Um, or filling out a whole essay about your life nowadays and this is why these skills are so important yeah it's selling yourself isn't it so it's it's been able to do the tasks that they want but actually able for you to almost promote yourself yeah you know, or showcase that you can do it do you know what I do have an issue with though is I'm sure you found this you know when you're recruiting people and they've sold their self so much and you think yeah and then they get in the building and you're like no oh, yeah. you know and mm, fair play to the people that can do that that's got an art skill because once you've recruited them you can't actually you can't get rid it's, of them it's, really, it's actually really dangerous so we had that exact case we recruited oh my it was like oh my god she was sent from heaven yeah <laughs> she ticked yeah. every box and we put her on a performance management plan within two weeks yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah. so it's almost like don't do that if no. you can't do a job <laughs> don't don't do it to us on the recruiting side and don't do it to yourself that's the point I was going to say is you can over accelerate yourself yeah you can do that but I just think it's not nice for us but the experience that you must go through as an employee um yeah that I don't know why you would do it to yourself you know and I know we have to that's part of the game selling yourself and like really highlighting your skills then there's blatantly lying and I just think why would you do it to yourself was it lying because no uh, yeah exactly that why would you do it to yourself because yay great you've got the job but actually once you, you have get to go and do job, it now you're gonna have <laughs> yeah. to prove yourself that all your managers and the people who hired you you're gonna have to go through a probation period mm. and if you haven't delivered what you said you could in that interview bye bye so it's uh, to me if i was that type i would be so paranoid going into that job thinking on my first day what are they going to expect you to, me to do and that same um, candidate I was just I just told you about mm -hmm. on the first day she pulled me aside saying oh um can I talk to you for a bit? yeah oh it's weird you've just started but fine yeah um she's like oh just let you know that I can't do x so she's obviously coming and yeah she's well she's only not basic that yeah. she's lied so before I ask her to do a task in x she's now letting <laughs> me know that I can't do x so just don't be that candidate to be honest I think you know what find a job that matches your skills mm. and you know career mm. objectives and mm. and stick with that sometimes industries as well as small depending on what industry you go to you might be with one organization but some industries people bounce around so if yeah. you get a reputation there sometimes it can follow totally. you to other yeah so just be mindful of that actually and i'll keep saying everything good point good point but that's actually a really good point because mm. you can get almost industry blacklisted yeah i've seen it happen to people so don't don't be don't do that because people, <laughs> people do talk i have i ever done it i think so like if i know of someone incoming from a uh organization where i know people might say oh tell us a little bit about such and such a person yeah so don't yeah don't be that person to get the bad feedback for you <laughs> surrounding up then how do you manage your work-life balance like do you think that's um are you a workaholic i know i'm i'm yeah. not so much oh yeah do you not have a work-life balance 
I think you can have both because my work-life balance will mean that I take the time out I need mm-hmm. to deal with child and house and all that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then 10 o'clock at night, I'll be back online. <laughs> really? So I think that, yeah, I, I won't do it every time. Certainly during proper lockdown, I was because I, I had to get the, I had to do the work basically. Um, I'm trying to get better, to be honest, and I'm trying to delegate more and all that kind of good stuff. So I think um, having a work-life balance is really important, Sim. I try to have the work philosophy of, um, or the life philosophy of giving 120% when I'm at work, but when I come home, try and try and switch off. At certain times you can't, I get it. Certain times you have to come home and work on stuff. But yeah, try and get a healthy work-life balance. So... I think it's getting rid of that pressure, isn't it? I think, I just think that, yeah, try not to put too much pressure on yourself because at the end of the day, you're only human. Luckily for me now, if I really can't get something done, I do have a team that can pick it up, but I didn't always have that luxury. And I just think I've been programmed to get everything done. And then tomorrow's a new day. Do you have an outside network that you can talk to, like invent? Because I think that's healthy. You've got to have someone you can talk to and invent to. That doesn't work in the organisation. Huh? Oh, that doesn't work. Depends what I'm talking about, to be honest. Probably. Yeah, I do have people I can talk to. Probably members of staff that have left to be honest mm. they still know the deal but yeah they're, they're not no longer there i don't really need to vent that much probably wouldn't take the average joe um this long but it's, it's just what it is i find when you've organized yourself in terms of um when you've when you're at work and you've done 100 percent, you've got your job satisfaction you've organized yourself you can then come home and switch off but when yeah. you don't do that then you do bring it home don't you and then you end up stressing because you know you've got to go back to work and deal with x y and z so i just think if you yeah if you manage that piece at work where you do 110 percent there you're able to then switch off at home and then when you vice versa when you've had your nice home life over the weekend you can go back to work and be 100 percent dedicated so i feel the two work hand in hand i believe that's my work ethic my manager might not agree <laughs> So thanks, Sim. I think that was a really useful um, conversation. I think it's good to obviously have that really different journey of someone who's done the whole traditional route through uni and actually someone with dedication has worked Mm. their way up the career ladder, which is yourself. So that's the end of this week's episode. So as always, join us on our social channels. So Twitter at unsure underscore podcast and Instagram at this is unsure podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode. 